Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. been a nice week with Liverpool chalking up two wins against Sunderland and Leeds. Welcome in to this episode of the Talk On Podcast. So we're going to go ahead and talk about those games as well as our seat indices and the Bournemouth preview this weekend and perhaps maybe a little bit of Gerrard talk on this podcast. But before we do, I wanted to quickly say that from all of us at Football Purists, our thoughts are with the families and the friends of the victims of the plane crash in Colombia, which included a lot of team members from the Chapecoense team in Brazil. Obviously, some terrible news and very, very sad. So just from all of us at Football Purists, you know, just I've, I've been thinking how lucky we should be, uh, you know, thankful for every minute that we have on this earth, especially around the holiday time right now. So and we're going to go ahead now and move on to some more Liverpool related talk. Guys, how was your holiday? I'm joined right now by Jeff Hallett and Brian Painter. We got guys on the West Coast and the East Coast. I was lucky enough to see you, Jeff, and uh, I know Luna's not on the pod, but I was able to see you both when I came back, which is always nice. How was your guys' holiday? It was fantastic, and we had a life-size cutout of Brian Painter. <laughs> a little glass of whiskey and dancing. How, how, how big, yeah, how big was that cutout? Holy smokes. Well, we finished the glass of whiskey for you, so don't worry about it. A glass? Uh, a couple glasses, that's true. <clears throat> that a baby. Now we're talking. But uh, yeah, it was good to see you, Jeffrey. And uh, Luna's not on, but good to see him and obviously Ali G and and got to see uh, some other boys too, Jimbo, some other guys from the podcast. So it was, it was great to see all of them. But let's go ahead and move on to the opening question, gents. So since it is or just was Thanksgiving, the holiday season, and we eat pretty much the best meal of the year, I want to know if you had one meal for the rest of your life. You have to have it every day, obviously. What would it be, Painter. Well, that's, wow, that's a tough question. There's so many ways you could go. There's so many different things, but I'd have to say if it was for me right now, one food for the rest of my life, it would have to be garlic and alioia, which is an Italian peasant dish made up simply of garlic, anchovies, pasta with a little bit of oil. Interesting. It is absolutely to die for. I love it. I just had it on Monday night, which maybe not the best thing to do right after the holidays yeah. is uh, Thanksgiving holidays is load up on a on a big pasta dinner on Monday night after the holidays. But hey, we did it anyways. But it's got to be garlic and aloe oil for me, bud. All right, good answer. You wouldn't get sick of that just over and over again. I'll do garlic keeps you young. Anchovies <laughs> keep anchovies keeps you virile. It's doesn't, all good, man. <laughs> doesn't garlic keep the vampires away too? Isn't there something like that? With yeah, garlic sure. around your neck, there you go. We'll throw, we'll so, throw, we'll throw it all in there. Yeah, no no vampires at the Painter residence in New York, so you're set. What about you? What do you got, Jeff? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to the southern part of the United States. Ah, I, great call. Anybody that knows me, my musical tastes, my ability to rock the dance floor, I'm a big soul food fan. And without soul food, there just isn't food to eat. Fried chicken, collard greens, mac and cheese. like. Ooh. As much yeah, but of that's, that but that's not one food. That's not one. That's a food. meal, though. You can get that <laughs> for a meal. Yeah, that's a so, meal. I mean, that was not part of the rules. That's yeah, I, one I meal do, for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's part of the. Rules. I, I take I take answers literally. He said, "What food? It's soul. What again? Food. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there it is. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm probably going to stick close. Champions League to what is you... not a cup. It's a league. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick probably to uh, what you said around there. I mean, I would just have a Thanksgiving meal for the rest of my life and would never get sick of it. I could have that <laughs> constantly. I don't know why we don't have a half Thanksgiving and just have more of it. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, just some amazing food again when I went home uh, or went back to visit the family in, in California this weekend. It was just phenomenal as usual. Boys, let's move on. I know, Brian, you were at the Irish American this weekend. How was the was. atmosphere there? I know the atmosphere at Anfield uh, from people who were there said it was probably the worst of the season how is the atmosphere at the irish american yeah it was interesting uh it was great uh there was a ton of people there uh even for the holiday weekend uh, slow slow filter uh throughout the first 10 minutes of the of the match kind of how liverpool played uh in the first 60 minutes but once klopp did his thing and we'll touch more on this in a 
you know, in the, in the review, it went absolutely mental. Um, we had, uh, the owners there, uh, and it just was, it was a good, it was a great crowd and, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy, uh, some of the fan reactions. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and listen in on some of those right now. This is Brian Painter with the footballpurist.com talk on podcast. It's another Saturday morning here in downtown Manhattan. I'm on the way to the Irish American in the boot room to watch Liverpool take on Sunderland. And I'm joined by Simon Edwards from South Africa, Rian Clifford, Dublin, Ireland, Moo. I'm from Liverpool. Heather O'Neill, Ireland. What did you think of today's match? Man, I was so tense the whole game. Um, I don't know. It's just it was. It seemed to Manchester United and uh, what was it? Watford. We played last week. Or yeah. Whatever it was where we we, we drew Southampton. Zero, Southampton. We drew zero zero. Um, so it was just going to be one of those days. And then Divock came on. You know, I know. I know uh, Philippe went off, but uh, Divock came on and scored that stunning goal. Like, how can you? How can you beat that? Uh, I thought it was slow in the first half, and then we picked it up. Sad Coutinho had to come off, but. Um, the win was well deserved. The boys played pretty pretty well. I thought Lovren played out of his boots. Um, I think it was the best game I've seen him in so far. It was good. I mean, you know, Sunderland put their game plan out to begin with. It was always going to be about parking a bus, and you know they stuck to that. But we got through in the end. It's all good. Oh, it's brilliant! Um, fantastic finish. Second half really turned it on. I thought it was a great game. How do you think Klopp set up? I would have preferred to see maybe one of the younger players starting, and then one of the, the kind of the older players come in later on in the game. Um, and I thought, um, I, mean, I think that maybe we got to mix it up a little bit with the top three because a lot of the teams seem to know our tactics now, and they're defending in double rows against it. Yeah. No, so that, I think if we have a maybe Arishi coming in at one point and then mixing it up, um, that might spook a few teams. You know, I, I think he, I think he plays the same football regardless of who he's playing. It's like full high intensity football, but you know. You need goals like Divock gave us, and, and, and we got them, you know? What do you think about Coutinho's injury? Um, six weeks. I think it's going to be out six weeks, but it'll test the depth, and we'll uh, we're top of the table. You can't ask more after 12 games or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, so it'll test the depth, but I think he's going to be out for a while. It was, it was, uh, it was not a pleasant one. Mm, well, I think it's... I think the second half, again, it was... The strategy was really there and we brought it together. There was not as much turnover as our last game and we had a possession. We really brought it forward. Coutinho. Yeah, that's right. What, what do you think? I mean, How, he I goes out not, with an injury. Yeah, I didn't actually see bad. it, but like I've heard it's pretty bad. So, yeah. It's a pretty strong setup from the start. I think, you know, we kind of, we suffered our usual thing. We always suffer on a counter-attack. Same, same business, same, same thing every game. Coutinho's injury. What do you think? I'm worried, but, you know, at the same time, I think we've been lucky to keep hold of Coutinho over the past few years, so, you know, and being injured through the Christmas period where we've got not a, not exactly a hard run of games, so, you know, and being injured might stop him being sold. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Who's your man of the match? It's got to be Divock for that goal. Um, he came on in, to be honest, Divock from on the field, but uh, I think Klopp getting the crowd going, um, you know, that was that was what caused us to... You know, to get the winner, it it cheated up Southampton, um, but you know it got us the winner in the end. Uh, Lovren, Lovren, Lovren. I'd give it to Coutinho all day long, all the time. Coutinho, always. Yeah, I think Coutinho is one of the strongest players in the team. He plays up and down the field. He does. He does everything front and back. Love he the only guy. played 30 minutes though. But I love the guy. I love the guy. <laughs> you can't go wrong. I'm gonna have to go with Firmino. Firmino? Yes. Really? Yeah, I'm going to say that. Not Origi, not... No, you know, Origi had the goal, and I think that was absolutely brilliant. And But it's not always for the person who scores the, the goal. It's the person who um, is bringing and making the plays. So I think that was really him in this game. Thanks so much. This is Brian Painter with thefootballpeers.com. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone very much at the Irish American for meeting with Painter and giving us your fan reactions of the game. Let's go ahead and hear what you guys had to say about it. It's a 2-0 win. Uh, you know, the one thing that I will say is that this season, Liverpool seem to be more in control of our games. You know, yes, we have a lot of possession, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're in control of the game. It really feels like we dictated a lot of things that happened in this game. So we'll get into the Coutinho injury. Obviously, that's a big hit uh, hit for us. We'll get into a couple other uh, topics uh, during about the game. But in general, how did you guys think we did? I mean, 
again, we, we, we controlled it pretty well. And I know the goals came late, but it, it never really seemed like we were going to lose at all. Seeing as how, I mean, they, I think they had the, the lowest number of passes from any opposition we faced this year. It, it almost looked like Moisey literally put out like a, like a six, four, zero formation. Like it was, it was just complete. And he even came out and said, if you're playing Liverpool right now, you should park the bus. So completely defensive game. I mean, Anisha B was like a left back at times and Defoe, you know, was sitting back a lot. So Painter, how'd you feel about the game in general and kind of the flow of it? In general, job done, right? It was a professional win, 2-0, get the, get the win, get the job done, get the points on the board. Uh, by and large, we were average at best um, and kind of in second gear for the first 60, 65 minutes. Uh, we controlled and dominated the game. We had 77% or, you know, the almost 78% possession to their 23. It's the, <clears throat> it's the second lowest possession total, uh, this season. The first possession, lowest possession total was Burnley at 19.6. Uh, and guess who they got that against? Liverpool. So, um, we seem to be dominating. We never looked, uh, we never looked bothered. They did create more chances. They they came on to us more than Man United did when Man United came and parked the Mourinho bus in front of uh in front of the Anfield crowd. So um, I was pretty surprised that Amitri and uh, and Defoe were getting a little joy. Uh, they were they were creating some good outlets uh, to catch catch us on the break. Carius uh, had to make some great saves uh, or some very good saves, anyways. And I. <laughs> And I know, I hope we're going to talk about it in a bit, but Carius's gaff where he takes the goal kick and goes was, out for the corner. I've never seen anything like that. I, you really have to try to do that. <laughs> like, I know, like right? you really have to put it in an, I mean, he, I, I can't believe, I was like, what did he just do? <laughs> right. But of I, all I the sticks to make. Yeah. Uh, if that's yeah. all you're dealing with with him, net positive. Yeah. No, totally. But, uh, yeah, I just, I was astounded by that, but we had 27 shots to their six. Uh, we have seven shots on target to their one, uh, nine corners to four. Uh, all in all, we, we pretty much controlled and dominated the game and got what we deserved. Uh, I did think, uh, coming in with a Rigi, uh, and the Rigi change, uh, different, definitely changed the dynamic of the, uh, the attack. So all in all, uh, not super impressed with the scoreline of 2-0. But again, uh, any other season, 2-0, we're taking it all day, every day. This season, it seems like 2-0 is kind of like jacks are better to open and we need to, you know, we need to be hanging four and fives on people. So um, I was pleased with the result. It keeps the momentum going. Uh, another thing that can't be understated, it was that that was our second clean sheet in a row. Uh, and the defense seems to be tightening up and uh, playing pretty well. So all in all, not ex- not excited about the first 65 minutes, but you know, again, three points on the board, 2-0 win, clean sheet, lots to be uh, lots to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And and Hallett, it's it seems like sometimes we would almost lose some of these games or at least drop some points. And then this year, it just seems like we have whatever the it factor is to be able to finish out these games. I mean, what did what did you see? The it factor, definitely the professional win, as Painter pointed out. But you also have a team that's coming in, yes, off of a two-win streak, but 17th in the league in attack, 10th in defense. You're not talking top of the table, obviously. They're bottom, least bottom, right, eight but points with the, through it. In all fairness, though, you know, Defoe is always a threat, right? I mean, the, the guy True. just scores. So, uh, he's I mean, got seven goals this season. It's not like he's – I have him on my fantasy team. That's why I know that. But, I mean, <laughs> he's actually putting points on the board in a, in, in a pretty good – Well, that's what he does. Uh, I mean, that's fashion. just historically what he does. So, Jeff, I mean – Off the counter always. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and it's all about team defense on the pitch and from the midfield back. All of that was square. And Lovren, for all Lovren lost on this pod, you know, he almost had a goal. He should have had that header off the lovely ball in from Hendo. So that was unfortunate. And first half was just rife with missed opportunities. We'd get close, but not exactly there in the final third. And then the second half with the change Origi on the pitch in the 65th minute, Klopp is a little... Better with the the subs, not waiting yeah, until Yeah, glad that was way or, earlier for sure. Great or, or later, so that was good. Milner had workman's like performance. You know, he's maybe off a little bit from the high expectations he's now produced by being left 
best left back in the Premier League. Klein, great. Um, you really can't re- say a lot of bad things about front, back, or middle, except for Jeannie and, and John. They have their moments. They're sort of hot and cold. Wijnaldum, he's like almost there. You know, he had, had a couple shots on goal and was close and good assist to Milner that ultimately couldn't get in the back. So I'm sure they feel like they left a little bit on the pitch, but for Liverpool, positive, super positive. You know, I, I, if I could jump in, yeah. I think Jeff brings up a great point on Genie and, and John in the central midfield. I mean, when Lalana's in there with either one of them, it's a completely different flow. And I don't know why that is. Primarily, I think Genie and Chan just don't, haven't clicked yet. Uh, I think Genie, when he moves up, is not familiar with that position uh, that Lalana's playing. I think Lalana's interchange and how quickly he moves the ball and turns it over is much faster than Chan, um, which, you know, again, I just think that those two, you know, need to click a little bit more um, and our attack would be way more deadly. And you can really see how much we're missing Lalana uh, with, you know, at least early in the games when, you know, our attack is not nearly as potent as what it was when he was playing. So um, hopefully Lalana comes back soon because with uh, Coutinho going down, which was just a heartbreaker, you know, we're going to need Lalana back in short order. Yeah, and no doubt we're missing Lalana right now, but I had a feeling you guys might have brought up Chan. And, you know, I just wanted to say, I know a lot of, it's kind of, you know, he he runs, it's like almost a little bit laborious for him. Like he, it takes him a second to get going, to get running. And so it kind of looks almost forced. Like he's, you know, I don't know, like like he's got some extra baggage on him. Like he's carrying, you know, an extra 20 pound backpack or 30 pound backpack. But there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about him. You know, since his return, he's got three shots per game, second most presses per game behind Phil and even before Lalana second most passes into the box in the whole Premier League from any midfield player. His key passes are better than Henderson. He gives the ball away less than Lalana. And, you know, he also, as much as he looks that way, he does have the second highest recorded speed for an LFC player this year, which is interesting to see. So, I mean, a lot of people just need to realize that the guy is still 22 years old. It's crazy to think, right? Like, uh, for some reason... You know, I know he can get better, but it just seems like he's taken a lot of criticism from a lot of people, and it just doesn't really make sense to me. And now I know I'm I'm a little bit biased, and I'm a Chon Homer, but at the same time, I mean, the numbers are proving that he's a huge player for us. You know, I, I, but the numbers are, don't tell 100 percent of the story, of course, right? Right, but they, the large, the but, but they tell it's a large, but they tell a large part of the story. And you know what? A, a stat that's that's great is that with him and the team. We give away, I think, almost a goal less per game with him and the team, with him and Hendo in the midfield, than without Solid Sean point. and the team. So it's just he, for me, he provides that stable kind of defensive presence in the midfield with Henderson, uh, and and I just think he needs to be a regular on the team. And, you know, I know we have been over past pods been talking about, oh, you know, which we are, we are lucky, very lucky to have four very good central midfielders. But it kind of seems like when Yaldum is now the odd man out, whereas we didn't exactly know who it was before. And listen, it's not because when Yaldum isn't playing that well, because he still is playing well that well. I think it just tells us a little bit more about the other three players that we have, especially when Lana gets fit again. So honestly, I, I think it's just it's an, another case of like Firmino. You watch him, his work rate may not be 100% getting it in the back of the net all the time, but he's putting in the work. I, I see that exact same profile with both Jeannie and and John. They're missing a few things in the final third, fine, but doing a lot of great things in the pitch. So it's like hot and cold. They continue to put in the work rate, produce those stats you talked about, Joey. That's going to fall. I mean, obviously, John had consecutive weeks with goals, I, I think it's also coming for Genie. Yeah, and he does give the ball away a little, you know, cheaply sometimes, but there's always room for him to improve. And again, he's 22 years old. And we'll get on to the Leeds game, obviously. But when Yaldum, he does have like this this awesome last little touch for passes, like the one to Woodburn in the Leeds game or the one to Lalana. Uh, I think that was, what was the screamer that he had? Who was that against again? The... Lalana's goal, where when Yaldum laid it off to him. Anyways, I think it was Arsenal. Was that, it? Was that Arsenal? Okay. No, no, no. His Arsenal goal was uh, cutting across. Yeah, the no, no. That was the yeah. left-handed or the left-footed finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, when Yaldum, Lester, Lester, Lester. Okay, Lester. Lester. There you go. So when Yaldum, I mean, he's just 
there's things that I'm liking out of him. It, again, it's not a knock against Wijnaldum. I think it's just we're lucky enough to have these players I, who are playing this well in the midfield right now. Genie, I, one of the things that surprised me about Genie is how strong he is. He's a yes. little guy. He's not big. He doesn't get knocked off the ball very often. And he's got he, tree trunks he, for legs, dude. Yeah, he's 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 really strong and uh, on the ball and a physical. I, I I I think that was a really good buy for 25 million pounds. I know everybody lamented it when. You know, when we did it, uh, over the summer, cause we wanted a bigger name player and got, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, he's turning out to be some, you know, some player for us. And, um, again, he's not Lana. He's not Chan. He's kind of a mix between the two. And I think he's doing a, a good job and got, you know, you got to give him credit. He's, you know, he's in the first third of the season with a new team. Right. Still settling in. So, and again, getting his comfort Painter, zone. He, he's only 26, right? So, I mean, it's just great that the young team is young. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, we're nitpicking on some things here, but we just got to kind of come down to earth after some of these these games and just realize how young this team is and how much room they have to grow. So, you know, before we move on from the midfield, I did want to bring up Hendo a little bit. Uh, I know you guys were all big fans of Hendo, but, you know, to, to play devil's advocate. Still are. Yeah, I mean. Man, to, man crush. To play a little devil's advocate here. Of he, course, you got the horns, the whole thing. Right, like exactly. Pitchfork. There you go. Uh, it's too united. Never mind. No <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but anyways, he. It seems like, and yes, he has a couple nice forward passes per game. It just the 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 term cowardly has been tossed around. I don't agree with that that term. But just for instance, he had thirty five passes to Dejan Lovren against Sunderland. That's an incredible amount of passes backwards to him. And I know we dominated possession, but that's just. That's wrong, especially with how deep he plays, and a lot of the time he's actually sitting behind the two central defenders. It just, for me, I want to see a little bit more of a risk taker in Hendo, and it's not that that he hasn't done it before because we've all seen Hendo, especially in the 2013 season, 2013-2014, when you know he he seemed a little bit more progressive. I know he's playing a little bit higher up the pitch, but at the same time. It just seems like he's being really conservative, and yes, it's nice to have somebody recycle the ball, but I mean, he we know he has it in his locker. I don't know how you guys feel. I personally think he needs to just be, not that he's lacking confidence, but he really needs to push the ball forward a little bit more, maybe make a little bit of a riskier pass here and there, because we all know he has it. So, Painter, I mean, yes, he's, he's had a great season. He's up there in tackles. He's up there in passes in the Premier League, but I mean... Yes, you can pass so much. I mean, like, for instance, like the 35 passes to Lovren, you just, you don't like seeing that. Bottom line, you just don't. For me, Jordan Henderson was the man of the match. And I know you can debate it till you're blue in the face, but this is the third time this, this season that he's had a hundred or more passes in a single game, which <clears throat> he's the only player that has had more than one hundred or hundred uh, pass game in the in the Premier League this season. He's had three of them. Um, I know you mentioned thirty five passes to Lovren, but his job is to control and dominate the midfield and get it to the playmakers uh, that we have up top. He, if you noticed how he was tackling back, <clears throat> how he was you know running uh, running their breaks down. Uh, he made a, an attack or a tackle in the first half where they got it on a break. I think it was a Michibi that took it out to the left hand side and he ran him down, made a sliding tackle that passed it back to Lovren, um, so, or Matip that they could cycle it again. I think he's absolutely been great and I thought he was great again at the weekend. He's being a true captain. He's keeping them patient, uh, which is something that we didn't see in 13 14, right? Uh, he's been there and done that in 13-14. So I think that uh, this is his, you know, this is his coming out party. He's he's really taken over control of the team. He's keeping everybody patient and calm. If you remember back to Chelsea uh, in 13-14, we started popping shots from, you know, 30 yards out every, you know, because we couldn't break them down. This time around, when team we can't have or we're not having success breaking him down, he's taking the ball, he's recycling it, he's keeping the ball moving around the pitch. He's not getting frustrated. The team's not getting frustrated, and so much so the better because we're we end up scoring late winners 
uh, like Origi had, and then uh, finish him off with uh, with the Monty Kick. So yeah, and again, I think I think he's doing great. I, I agree that he has had a great season, and this isn't this isn't me knocking him, saying he's been a bad player because he's been very crucial to how we've been playing. I just want to see a little bit more guts out of him, I guess I could say, because we know he has it. He can play a nice long ball. So I mean, Jeff, it's what's nice though, at least, is that him and Chan have really just been having a great partnership in the midfield it's they understand each other really well I think they both provide some great defensive stability especially for two midfielders that aren't center defensive mids bottom line I mean they're both essentially box-to-box midfielders now I know Hendo has played more of a deep lying role because that's what Klopp's wanted from him this year but in terms of I mean they're they're kind of just all-around midfielders and the fact that they've provided such a such a good you know kind of defensive stability uh, in front of our, our back four, back five, excuse me. It's been great to see. And I know we have a lot of possession, which means, you know, we're pushing forward a lot of the time. But with Chon and Hendo tracking back, I mean, it really has been great to see. And, it, it you know, it's kind of bringing back a, a little bit out of them last year because when they were both in form last year playing together before Hendo had that heel injury, I mean, they were really something to watch. True. And that 35, that number that you quoted, the passes back to Lovren, you recognize how the how Sunderland set up. Uh, Klopp called it the most defensive setup he's seen. This you know, most defensive team he's seen yet this year, regardless of league or cup. I think that gets down to the do man. Do you marking. think that was? A, but do you think that was a dig at Moisey because he's an ex Everton guy, Man United guy? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, do you, I think it was a dig at Moisey. It I could be, it, but though. you know, Hallett again. All I'm saying is that I think there was a chance for him to play. Was the ball to Klein or Mane down the right hand side, and he just decided to turn around and pass it back to Lover. And it's like, I think he's almost. It's like he's in his own head too much to where like, oh no, I got to do this. I got to do this. He wants me to do this, this, and this. And it's maybe I just want to see a little bit more of him going forward. Well, favor safe over giving the ball away, and I, I didn't have any problem with you know the amount he went back versus front. They parked the bus in such a serious way as he did. I think that's just expected. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but you know, maybe it's because I've also seen it out of him before. And yes, he was a little bit further up the pitch, but you know, just knowing his qualities, I'm hoping that maybe he can press forward a little bit more and. and and see what he can do next game. We're critical of your Jean. You can be critical of our handout. And I'm, and I'm still critical of Jean. I mean, he gives the ball away a little bit too much for my liking. I think, especially with the new position for Hendo, he's still, still, I mean, getting it under control and, and figuring it out. But all in all, I mean, it's just nice to see that we have a strong midfield. But let's go ahead and move forward from that midfield. And someone who I thought really had kind of a stinker, except for the last couple minutes when he drew the penalty, was Mane. I mean, he just, I think he had maybe two take-ons the whole game and I mean he really he just had quite a stinker and and I think this was the fear a little bit with Mane was that especially at Southampton he would start off strong you know in the first I think nine games it was and then the last however many games it was that's when he was at his best and that's where he scored the most goals not saying it's going to happen again with Liverpool but it's just you're wondering why he's going missing in a couple of these past games and you know, it was great for him to draw the penalty, but that was really his only good moment of the game, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, Monty, it's interesting because I, I look at it and I don't think Monty's fully comfortable with the way teams are playing Liverpool. And what I mean by that is when teams come on to us, right, and he can hit uh, them on the counterattack and use his pace, he seems way more at home like he did in Arsenal. Um, when he just roasted those two guys and tucked it in the upper uh, left-hand corner. Um, when teams are sitting back and they're playing, you know, eight, nine, uh, folks behind the ball, he just does not seem comfortable in that, in that role where he, he can't take somebody on. He can't beat them for pace. Um, and if you think back to where he, how he was playing at Southampton, most teams that he would play against would be on the front foot and he'd be able to counterattack and play them on the counterattack, which is where, I think his pace really shines through. And I think he's still learning that role at Liverpool, you know, where he's not going to be on the counterattack and he's going to have to break them down and play from the front foot. And I don't think he's fully developed that muscle yet in his brain. That's just my opinion on it. But um, I think he will over time because he's a tremendous footballer. But I don't think he's used to playing that fashion, you know, that way because he hadn't done it very much at Southampton because Southampton was very much on the counterattack. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's just, you know, 
hopefully expecting to see a little bit more out of him against teams like that who are going to be sitting back, you know, maybe just use a little bit more of his pace to take someone on down the byline. But anyways, we can move on from Monan. Guys, you know, we definitely need to talk about, obviously, the biggest thing that happened this game was Coutinho's injury. Hallett, the way we've been playing, you know, we can take a player out and insert a player in, and it's it's almost like we're starting to become this well-oiled machine where it's, you know, you insert this player and we're still good and still okay. But Coutinho is one of those players that in any team, you know, that they're the top player in your team when when he's gone missing or he gets injured, it, it really hurts. And while I know we have Lalana coming back and that's going to be huge for us, obviously Lalana sitting back in the midfield is where he plays better, which means we're going to have someone who's going to have to move up and play Coutinho's role. I mean, it's going to be a huge, huge miss. He's really been on fire this season and making us tick. So, I mean, are you in the camp of, all right, you know, it is going to be a miss, but we can insert someone in there? Or, you know what, this is this is really scary times ahead because he really has that big of an impact on our, the way we play. How about yes? Because <laughs> there's <laughs> both elements at play. Of course, we're less susceptible to single player going down than we used to be in the past. I mean, we used to live and die by Suarez's health and fortunately storage, which became a super problem in 1415. Now we don't, we've got more flexibility up front, but you're still missing. This is a player in world-class form could start any side anywhere in the world. However you define world-class, that was Coutinho still. I mean, if you could still kick a ball, that would be him. So it's unfortunate. You feel bad for the player because you think about it. He's been working his whole life to get to this point, to get to this run of form. But that's just the cruelty of the game is just when you're hitting your stride, this kind of thing can happen. And it was not a Funes Mori moment like with Rigi last year. It was, you know, contested ball, nothing you could do and a freak injury. So getting Lalana back helps, but you're going to miss that creativity. You're going to miss that screamer into the top right corner that he's so good at. So I, I'm a little bit of both. Yeah, it's it's going to be a big miss. I mean, Painter, like Jeff said, I mean, his form right now is, is world-class form. So what, what does that mean for us going forward? I mean, it, it, the good thing is, is that, it you know, looking at the replay, it looked really bad. And me having numerous ankle injuries, I know the feeling and I know kind of what that looks like. And you know, it, at first I thought it could have been legitimately like a four to six month injury, depending on if he had torn any ligaments. Now it's luckily looking like a four to six week injury, him possibly coming back New Year's Eve for the Man City game. I, I think we're lucky in the sense that we aren't playing too many big teams before then, but still, I mean, he's just going to be a huge miss now. Yeah, he is. I mean, anytime you take a world-class player, and don't kid yourself, he's a world-class player at this point. Um, Barcelona, Madrid... They're all interested in him, PSG. They all want him. He's a world-class player. And anytime you take somebody out of the lineup of that ilk is going to cause problems um, in one form or fashion. And we saw it, uh, you know, with our inability to break down, you know, Sunderland at the weekend. Um, and we had to try different things. We had to bring Origi on and try a bigger, stronger, more powerful attacking option. Uh, so it's going to cause us problems, and he's world-class, and he can pull off a bit of magic, as we like to say, our little magician, uh, from distance, uh, from set pieces, from free kicks. So, yeah, it's gonna we're going to have to make up for him with goals uh, from other areas, and that's why I think you know Daniel Sturge's health is such a critical thing here in the month of uh, December, and whether he can come back from his calf injury uh, and whether Lolana can come back, because we're going to need options, because uh, we can't just rely on Origi, because after Origi, you know, that bench starts to look pretty thin uh, if you don't have Sturridge and Lolana. And uh, Angs is out, to too, so. Yeah, so, I mean, you, all, that, all, that said and, all that said and done, I mean, it's a big blow. Um, will we get by? Yes. Will we, are we lucky? Uh, that it's only five to six weeks. Yes, we are because we'll get him back right when Mane's leaving for the African Cup of Nations. Um, so that was very fortunate. If him and Mane would have been out through the month of January and early February, that would have been problematic. Um, but with Coutinho back and, uh, with him going out, um, that, you know, that's at least useful from, from that perspective. Bring one good player in. Uh, you know, obviously one coming out. So, but it's a huge blow no matter how you slice it. And it's unfortunate. It was a fair challenge. 
it was a good play on both uh, both players' fault. He just ended up on the short end of the stick. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, you know, Sturridge need him to be healthy because we have been talking about this, how we still think he has a significant role to play. Initially, we thought it was going to be when Mane was gone for Cup of Nations, Africa Cup of Nations, but he clearly is, is needed. So hopefully he can stay healthy because, you know, a player like that class who can have come in and, and fill in for Coutinho is obviously not the worst thing. So, guys, let's go ahead and move on to our seat index portion of the pod. First, I just want to say, Luna, great job again. Everyone should check out footballpurists.com. Steven Luna, who is a regular on the pod, goes in and, and posts uh, the seat index uh, after every Premier League game. So, Gentlemen, I want to go ahead and get into it. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Painter, what is your positive and negative seat index of this week? What gets you, you know, off your seat and what gets you slouching back in it? <clears throat> well, I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it earlier when we were doing the fan reactions. My man crush, the one, the apple in my eye, Jurgen Klopp, when he got off his ass and basically was tearing down the main stand uh, to get behind the team on the 65th minute, I I got up out of my seat at the pub and I I started getting fired up. We started singing songs. We started chanting. Uh, it just was it just was fantastic and w- really spurred the the team on to to win the three points, the two goals. I I, I just I I don't know how how to explain Jurgen Klopp. Uh, he's just he's just my type of manager and I hope he stays at Liverpool until he retires. Um, and hopefully he never retires, but, uh, that got me out of my seat. That was a 10 out of a 10. Hell, I'd give it a 20 out of 10 if I could. And that's a great um, show because he, he really did get the fans going. I mean, from what I heard, that was, you know, one of the worst atmospheres this whole season until he got everyone up and into the game because, you know, people going there, you know, against Sunderland thinking it's going to be five nil, six nil, you know, against the worst team in the Premier League and for it to be that quiet. I mean, Klopp. Club knows what Liverpool is all about and knows what the fans are all about. And it's just, it's great to see a manager, like you just said, who can do that and really get the crowd going. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you think about uh, the negative one, I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to say Coutinho's injury is the negative one, but by and large, I think the injuries and how fast they mounted uh, are more significant than just Coutinho. So, you know, you find out that uh, Sturge has got a calf knock. Obviously, we knew Lalana was out from, you know, from the international break. And then you couple that, uh, you know, or compound that with, you know, the Firmino injury, which he wasn't on the bench uh, yesterday for Leeds, which, you know, you can read a little bit into that. He didn't appear in any of the pictures from the training session they had today, so... You know, I, I just think those injuries, if they keep mounting this way, could cause a real problem for our ability to uh, to play strong through the through the month of December and early January when the games are coming thick and fast. So that's got to be my negative. Sure. Yeah. Good shout, Hallett. What about you, brother? Well, isn't it unfortunate you've picked two guys that had the exact same seed index picks for positive <laughs> yeah, and negative? Read, so yeah. I'll, I'll just be super brief. The only thing to add to the Jurgen Klopp, I gave him a 10, is that Anfield has become a different park, which we have talked ad nauseum about. Let's talk on. Of course, we would talk about it. The ticket price series that featured Mr. Painter and Chase, the working class has been squeezed out of Anfield, and that means atmosphere it gets squeezed out. So I understand why Klopp has done that. My sole game in Anfield towards the waning days of Rogers administration, it was like a library. It was versus QPR, Stevie G's second to last match. And the only fans you could hear in the park were the away fans for QPR, which is embarrassing, especially with Klopp. So I, amen. Klopp has built the trust with the team and with the fans. They believed he delivered. So they believe more. So him stoking, it, it works. If he was David Moyes doing that with the Sunderland fans, probably a different <laughs> story, right? And the only other, uh, I'll add a, a second, you know, sort of uh, positive prime. Uh, we've got a lot of new writers on Football Purists, and hey, we've got a new one we this week along with, uh, along with Tyler. So Natalie Basson, who joins Football Purists from South Africa. So 
to all of our South African awesome. listeners out there. She did a fantastic uh, match review for this exact uh, Sunderland match that we're talking about. So check it out. She's probably going to reappear over and over again and might even see her on a pod one of these days. So good on you, Natalie. Appreciate it. And then on the negative, getting into the negative, uh, it's Coutinho's injury. What what more is there to say about that? It's world-class player goes down. You feel bad for him, feel bad for the side, but we have options. Still sucks. Yeah, and I think that was everybody's negative as well as mine, Coutinho's injury, so need, no need for me to go into that. My positive was an interesting one. Mine is Milner's goal-scoring record. So whenever no, Milner it's... scores... <laughs> The team doesn't lose. It's it's. What would you say? We called it pen pool. Yeah, right? along the penalty pool, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, so in fact, he has he scored in forty five different Premier League games and fifty three times in all competitions. He has yet to lose a single game. So he scored in fifty three games in all comps, forty five in the Premier League. Still hasn't lost. That's just ridiculous to me. I don't really understand it, especially as someone who's. You know, he's been playing left back for us, but as a center mid for most of his career, even a right winger. So actually, sorry, center mid just for at Villa, but he was a, a right winger for uh, or right midfielder for City. But it's just crazy. And, you know, he only has 100 more games till he can break Rushy's record. So hopefully he plays in 100 more. But long live penalty pool and James Milner. Hopefully that continues as long as he keeps scoring because, hell, I mean, he's been unbelievable for Penos for us this season. I mean, he is just so confident step when he steps up to the spot. So hopefully that continues. I wanted to, to give a quick shout out for Luna. His uh, he actually had a different negative and a different positive. His positive was Origi, which is a, a great shout. How could because, you disagree? Right, it's it's a great shout. Uh, you know he hadn't started a Premier League game since April, and he comes in and, and he just he picks up kind of where we were hoping he would, and has has actually been pretty immense for us. He's you know, got on that weightlifting program that Klopp and Buvach got him on. And now he's, I mean, he's great in the air. He's great with the ball at his feet. And now he's getting some strength to him. So he's going to be an exciting player to watch absolutely in the future. And then his negative was teams parking the bus. And, you know, I got to agree with him here just in the sense of, you know, it's almost, it's kind of like almost a privilege for teams to park the bus against us. You know, when you go and to, to, to play home or away and you see, you see teams do that. It's kind of like, all right, well, they know we're good. We know we're good. But at the same time, it's just so goddamn annoying. And so, uh, you know, just yeah. like, just like Klopp said that that was the most defensive team he played against Sunderland. Uh, I do agree with Luna in the sense that it, it's definitely kind of annoying for, you know, teams to just come and park the bus because it also takes away a lot of our game on the counter attack. So. Those True, were, but you remember fourteen fifteen when none of that happened. So there's a downside too. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, with the attacking taunt that we have, you know, I'm going to agree with him there. And, and those were the seat indices of the week. So thank you, gentlemen. And uh, we're going to go ahead now and move on to the Leeds game. We won 2-0 and we now have reached the semis. And today we found out that we're playing Southampton. It's going to be Hull versus Man United. So hopefully we'll see Hull in the final. Actually, you know, I'd love to see United in the final, but there's a good chance that Hull can be in the final for that game. So, <laughs> um, you know... Tough, tough draw. You know, Southampton is a very, very good side, as we know. But I think last team we played them in the cup, uh, it, we beat them five, six one. Handily. So six to one. Yeah, six to one. So uh, it's an interesting draw. You know, only four teams left. So good on Liverpool for for reaching the semis. I did definitely want to talk a little bit about this game, guys. Definitely talk about some of the youngsters because, you know, th- they've really been performing, uh, just amazing, especially at the U23 level. Let's go ahead and just start with obviously, you know, the the story of the game, which was Ben Woodburn, our now youngest scorer ever for the club in any game. He just turned seventeen, I think he's like seventeen years and forty five days, so he beat Michael Owen's record of being the youngest player for Liverpool to score. He he's just been unbelievable, guys. And I mean he I think he's gotten a cap already for Wales. I mean, the the kid it's and you know, you hate comparing players and yes, he's definitely a different player to Owen, but in the sense of just being that clinical finisher, kind of being in the right place at the right time, the ball just seems to fall to him. And he's going to be really exciting to watch. And I know that Klopp has come out and said, you know, hopefully you guys can write, you know, that he's just the goal scorer and not all these, you know, grandiose things about him. But it really is unbelievable to see him come on leaps and bounds. So, Painter, I mean, what do you see from this kid? I mean, it's it's very, very exciting to watch. He's only 17 years old. It's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. I, as excited as I am about Ben Woodburn, I think Klopp had it right. He uh, said, let's not get overly excited about this kid. Uh, he's still young. He's got a lot of growing up to do. But, you know, when he comes on the pitch, you, you cannot help but think back to the Michael Owens, the Steven Gerrards, you know, when they were young kids and they, how they were – you know, coming on and, and showing their skills and their ability at such a young age. I mean, he really looks the part. Um, other than the fact that he's about five foot seven and, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet. Owen you know, was he, a small def- guy too, though. Yeah, no, he was. He was. I'm just saying that Woodburn is definitely, you know, he could he could add a couple stakes and some pounds to his frame and um, hopefully some pace too because he doesn't look the fastest. But what I, what I think he does have in his locker is he has an uncanny ability to know and sense where the ball is going to land, uh, how the play is going to develop, where he needs to be on the pitch uh, at certain moments to put himself in the best position to create chances and opportunities for him and his teammates. So I think he I think the future is very bright. I just want us to pump the brakes a little bit, not heap too much on a 17 year old, um, but you have to be excited about the kid and, and what he's going to bring to the table, not only now, um, but in the future. And, and, and arguably you have to be excited about a number of the youngsters coming through in Ajaria um, and Trent Alexander Arnold. And it's really, it's really good to see some of the Academy players starting to make an impact in the first team and get their opportunity. And when they get their opportunity, really demonstrate that they belong and uh, they can contribute to, uh, to the cause. Yes, it's like Painter said. It's and Klopp said. It's it's nice to kind of pump the brakes and you know settle down. But it's not just he's not just performing for Liverpool. He's performing for Wales too. I mean, the guy clearly has something. You know, he he, he just he has whatever it is the it factor, and he just flat out just scores. And he's been performing really well for the U twenty threes at at age seventeen. So I mean, anything you have to say about him? Alexander Arnold with that beautiful ball into Origi. The finishing from Origi, you know, that foot in right at the last moments felt like a lot of what we were missing in the first half of Sunderland, for example. It was just perfect and the ball in was perfect. So, yeah, the future is no way to say it's anything but right for the youngsters, for Liverpool, for Klopp's development skills, for the academy, what's going on there. So, can't yeah. say enough about, about him. What I, you know, the one I can't, you know, I, I don't want to say anything at all about is Stewart. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, for all the pomp and circumstance, it's rightfully so for the future. There's, you got a Stewart that is just not up for it. Um, everything that you described about Hendo going back too much, I mean, that was Stewart and Spades in this one. It could do no other than to send it back to the back line and didn't have the confidence to push the ball forward. I don't know if he's missing his crispness and passing to get it. You know, in the front, or if he's just too psyched out psychologically, couldn't do it. But he, he looked terrible. Yeah, and in all fairness, I think he, you know, he's 24 now. So, you know, if he doesn't have what we're looking for at this age, you kind of don't see a huge future for him. I know Klopp likes him, you know, in terms of the position that he plays because we don't have many central defensive midfielders. But yeah, I think I agree with you in terms of, of Stewart. Is, I don't think he's going to have a long term future at the club. Obviously, best to him in the future. Probably most likely when he moves on, but I did, uh, you know, Painter. I, I wanted to talk briefly just about uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and Ajari. I mean, Ajari is looking class. He's there's funny comments saying you know one dab away and he's worth eighty nine million, all that funny stuff. But I mean, Trent Alexander Arnold. We he's he's been impressive for a while now for Liverpool. Uh, for for the youth teams and that ball he played into a Rigi, just like Jeff said, was an amazing amazing ball. And while we do have an absolutely consistent and really really solid and good right back in Nathaniel Klein right now, I'm very excited for Trent Alexander Arnold to sort of be his understudy and when the time comes take over for him because you know in the youth systems he's he's played center mid, he's played right mid, he's played right back. I mean. His original position, I'm almost positive, was center mid, and he just has a lot to his game that you know he can continuously build on. And at such a young age, I think he's 19, something like that, right now. And and that ball he played in, just like Jeff said, I mean, 
he has something going forward that Klein doesn't. Now, obviously, he has a lot of room to grow, and and uh, you know, Klein is clearly a, a better player. But just in terms of looking towards the future, I mean, he's a very exciting prospect for us at right back. He he really does bring something unique and something great moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he he was the best player on the pitch, in my opinion, and. That's a very decent Leeds team, championship side. I think they're fifth in the table in the championship. Uh, they, they, Gary Monk is their, their manager and he plays a very attacking style of football, uh, from his Swansea days. So I think by and large, he was the best player on the pitch. You can argue Origi or Woodburn or whatever. I just thought for the entire match, he was, you know, minute in, minute out, switched on the entire time. He got the assist. The goal for Woodburn also came down his flank, uh, from, you know, from the start, uh, and, you know, got over to Woodburn on the left hand side. So I, I, I think this is one of the primary reasons why Klopp didn't go out and buy backup at right back. Um, you know, he obviously has Milner and Moreno, uh, on the left hand side, but there was no, no record. <laughs> Just <laughs> um, but he's got he's got two options on the left hand side, and arguably at the start of the season he didn't have an option behind Klein on the on the right hand side. Klein's twenty six, going on twenty seven. Uh, Arnold is eighteen. Uh, he still can play for the U eighteens, uh, and they that which is crazy to think about. Him and Woodburn both can play for the U eighteens uh, still, and they're running the show on the U twenty three team right now. So. I think that the future is extremely bright for this kid. I think he's going to be a talent for us for years to come. Uh, and right back suits him down to the ground. So I'm very excited about what the future holds. And with a mentor like Klein, who's steady Eddie, uh, who puts a shift in week in, week out, is a 7 out of 10, a true professional at the right back position, I think that can only bode well for our, uh, Trent Alexander learning under Klein and then being in a position in a few years to uh, assume the mantle for, for the next decade. Exactly. And like you just said, I mean, 19 years old or 18 years, I mean, it's just crazy. And, and you know, we're, we keep forgetting. I mean, Origi is 21, guys. I mean, it's we are just littered and very lucky with this young talent, Chon, 22, Origi, 21, uh, you know, even Moreno, if he can improve upon himself, I know he didn't have the greatest of games, but I mean, we just, we have so much good young talent and a couple names I wanted to mention really quick are Ojo is going to be coming back from an injury hopefully soon. I mean, when he played, he was just electric. He's got that raw pace and power at such a young age that you just don't often see. So I'm very excited for him. And, you know, Grujich, who is, I think, 19 or 20 and, you know, we really haven't seen much of him. We, we kind of made some, you know, myself included, some, some people made some bold statements thinking, you know, obviously overhyping preseason and it's just preseason. But from what I saw of him, I was really excited and thinking he could actually, you know, find some minutes this year in the Premier League. But I mean, the fact that he hasn't been playing is just showing how good we've been, you know. Well, I, I think the other thing, Joe, to your point on Grujic, I think Ajari has passed him by. They're yeah, a little bit it, of a different player, but I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, Ajari has been phenomenal, just phenomenal. I mean, he he doesn't look out of place at all in the first team, and, and quite arguably, he's been he's been good enough to get minutes. Like if you sub, if you would have saw him at Sunderland on seventy, you wouldn't you wouldn't even have batted an eye. I, that's just my opinion, but I mean, you, I don't think you would have batted an eye and said, okay, I can see that. Let's get on there, kid. You know what I mean? You know, absolutely. And listen, if we had done the seed index after this game. It would have been my positive would have been the young talent that we have. I know I've used that before, but it really is just so awesome to see. And I'm glad we won that game. So now we have the opportunity to see them get more minutes and get more experience, especially in big games. I mean, the semifinal is going to be a big game. We're going to play likely, you know, a lot of the same players. So, you know, it's, it's very exciting, uh, exciting times at Liverpool, exciting time to be a fan. And the future looks very bright. And the closing, closing out of the pod, we're going to talk about the Bournemouth game that we have coming up on the weekend, guys. Hallett, what are you seeing? What what do we need to do to to beat Bournemouth? Because you know they're a solid side. I believe they're ten or twelfth in the Premier League right now. They actually play you know a nice attacking brand of of football. So what are we going to need to do? Is it are we going to have you know is it going to be a little bit nicer the fact that they might not sit back as much as Sunderland and now we can break on the counter? I mean, what are you looking for this game? 
Well, this is a team that lost to Sunderland at home. So there's that. Uh, Drew Spurs in their other home contest, and that was without Harry Kane. So we're not talking – they are mid, mid-table. mid Yes, they play an attacking brand of football. Eddie Howe, amen. But come on. This match is, I think, just as important to us as handling business versus Sunderland, just as you know, as we tried to handle business versus Southampton. You've got Chelsea and City – head on head this weekend so one of those teams you could argue at the etihad one of those teams going down probably chelsea which you got to keep pace you got to handle business and you know unfortunately we're away for this one right we're at vitality stadium whatever dean park whatever it's called so we've got to execute and i think klopp's boys they're poised to execute uh, their top scorer is uh, Callum Wilson. He's got yeah, he's four got, he's got going four into this, this one. Season, yeah. Right. Adam Smith with three assists. So um, Bournemouth have never beaten Liverpool in any competition dating back to 1927. So Drew two, lost seven. Wow. I'm that's thinking that. Stat. That's a great stat, uh, Hallett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that continues in this one, but uh, just because this is not the Liverpool of – you know, 12-13 or 14-15 or even, you know, first part of 15-16 before Klopp was hired. This is a team that handles business. So we're not coming off an international break. That seems to be where things suck this year. Uh, so I, I think we'll we'll be just fine. Yeah, Hallett, um, it's, it's, you know, great point by you. Absolutely. It should, we should just go there and take care of business, you know. But Painter, listen, they can't attack. I mean, I know it is just whole city, but they did beat whole city 6-1 this season so i mean they do have some attacking threats i know you guys aren't the biggest uh wilshire fan but he actually can do a couple things in the <laughs> midfield in my opinion so um i mean they're, and, I mean, and the session's opinion he's right. a twat but uh, he's an arsenal twat whatever yeah, and he's he's uh <laughs> he's you know either way the, the, the guy i think can play a little bit i mean he's better than they got him for a reason right he's better than their other midfielders so they are sitting 12th in the Premier League for a reason. Listen, they're they're not a lower lower level team. They're they're a solid mid table team. And, and anytime you go away in, in the Premier League, it's going to be a tough game, regardless of who you play. So, you know, yes, like Jeff said, we should handle business. But are you seeing any potential problems in this game? No, I I'm really not. I don't think they're front line. Um, well, listen, back to Jeff's point. Eddie Howe plays a, an attractive brand of football. Big fan um, of Jordan, his, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think if the FA was smart, they would have went and got Eddie Howe out of Bournemouth, you know, coach. This is the FA manage. we're talking about. Come yeah, on, I know. Man. They would they're idiots. But in manage in manage England long term. I think he's a he's a great young up and coming coach. He keeps it up with Bournemouth. He's gonna get a call up to one of the big sides. You know, just a couple random stupid facts like the Bournemouth and the uh, their nickname is the Cherries. In case anybody doesn't know, which kind of cracks me up, because um, you know, in America, if you're called a Cherry, yeah, that means you're a wuss. Um, or, and or you like Warrant? Either yeah, one of the two. Is well, bad. Of the two yeah, well, which well, you know that video, I'm still having fantasies <laughs> about. But anyways, do you, need, do you need a moment? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Um, thanks, Hallett. <laughs> um, but if you. But, uh, but, but the last eight games the Cherries, uh, the Cherries have played on Sunday, they've lost. Uh, so there's that. And we play them on Sunday this weekend. So we've got that working in our favor. I just don't think they have enough offensive power going forward. I think our defense is sound enough to keep a clean sheet. Uh, I know they've scored some, you know, they had a 6-1, you know, victory this year, but they haven't been scoring goals for fun. King is good. Uh, Wilson is decent. King has got pace and power, and he's a big physical guy, but we've dealt with those guys all season. We dealt with Costa, uh, no problem. Uh, we dealt with Kane in, in, in the, in the Spurs team. So I just don't think we're going to be tr- that trouble going forward. I think Eddie Howe is going to play with us, um, and, and try and do his normal Could setup. benefit us too, though. Yeah, which is going to benefit us. And if, if Mane and Origi are, Fit and firing. Uh, I think we. Uh, I think we take them. I think we take them to the cleaners, three or four, nothing. Yeah, you know. I like, think the bigger. I think the biggest issue that we're gonna have is who's gonna be healthy for this weekend. I think when it when it when we look at the team sheet, we could have a couple eyebrows raised on who's starting because I don't know if we're gonna have a lot of fit and healthy folks. Yeah, you know, and definitely wanted to, to talk about that soon. Bournemouth has gone up. They they drew Tottenham this year. 
Uh, they beat the Av, which isn't too hard to do nowadays. But, I mean, like you said, they don't score for fun. They seem to be giving up a decent amount of goals to the good teams. Like, they gave up four to City. Uh, they gave up three to United, even though they're not a great team. They gave up three to Arsenal. So, you know, there is room to, to you know, expose them a little bit. Um, so ho- hopefully, you know, continuing along with what you guys have been saying, we should just go and handle business. That being said, is there anyone that you'd like to see come into the side, anyone different this week? Um, obviously, Coutinho is injured. Uh, hopefully, Lalana will be back. But is there anyone in particular that you would like to see in the team, Hallett? I'd like to see Storage, but I don't think he's going to be match fed. No, I don't uh, think he will be, yeah. And, and I'm hoping that Origi, he was down for a few minutes at the end of Leeds. I'm hoping that he's okay to play at the weekend, but we're not going to find out until the team sheets actually come out. So, yeah, keep it the same, ideally, um, with, you know, Genie in, you know, Sean in, Hendo, the full attack. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, you know, and I, I, I'm really hoping that when Yaldem gets on the score sheet, I, I feel like he might need that a little bit for his confidence. I mean, he's been playing really well, got a little unlucky with a really nice save by the keeper at Leeds and, and also hit one off the post. So, um, you know, Painter, is there anyone else in particular that you want to see coming to this side? I think you keep Origi in the lineup. Um, I think you start him uh, just like you did against Leeds. He's got two goals in two games. Uh, we saw what kind of run the kid is capable of last season when he came in for, you know, I think he had seven and 11 uh, last season uh, in that run late in the season. So I think I think you keep Origi in. I, I'm really excited to see him switch on. I agree. I think Sturridge isn't going to get the start because um, he – he hasn't been playing uh, and practicing, and you know what a stickler Klopp is for that. Uh, I also think Firmino starts from the bench, which is going to cause um, another selection issue, especially if Lana isn't uh, fit to play. So I think it's going to be a mixed match team, which is why I think we're going to have problems breaking them down up top and why I think it's going to be closer, because I don't think the team that we're going to pick has played a whole lot of minutes together in the positions that they're going to be in. So... Um, I don't know if, you know, there could be a shout for having Woodburn on the bench. I don't see, I don't think you see him in the game, uh, until maybe late on if we're up a couple goals or, um, you know, you might throw him on with 10 to play and see if you can, uh, pull a bit of magic out like you did against Leeds. So, um, but I don't, I don't think you're going to see too many of the non-regulars in the lineup. I, I am curious to see though who is fit because I think that's really going to, impact not only the starting lineup but how fluid we are in attack and how close the score line is yeah fair absolutely all right boys i need some score predictions hallett what do you got for me man i think i'm not going to be as conservative as i've been in prior weeks all i right. think liverpool with you know they they shipped three goals apiece to city and united you said so i, I think that's about the same that's going to happen here i'm going to say three nil and I'm going to say Origi has two of those three yeah, like because it. we nice. have problems. You say we've got problems holding the ball up. That guy has got like magnets for a soccer ball. If you watch any any of the Leeds game, it's like he's, he's, a, he's a big unit. Yeah, I agree. He's a it's big amazing. unit. Yeah, he's a big unit for sure. He's He's been very impressive, absolutely, and he can do a lot of different things. What about you, Painter? I don't know if I can predict a fourth clean sheet in a row for this side. Uh, that's yeah, it's been so long since we've seen something like that. Jeff, you're 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 charting uh, un, uncharted waters right now, my man. <laughs> kind of like yeah. you with the first clean sheet. If I yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it had to happen eventually, but four in a row—that's ridiculous. Uh, so I'm not predicting a clean sheet. I think we get out of dodge with a two-one win. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, the only reason I think it's going to be close is I think we're going to have a lot of chops and changes in the starting lineup. I don't think we're going to be cohesive in the attack. I think it's going to have to take a bit of magic from the likes of Origi and Mane, uh, you know, to get us on the score sheet. Uh, I do think that they are going to pose a threat going forward because they're pretty, they're pretty good on the attack, especially at home. So I think we get out of there, um, with a 2-1 win. But again, on the road in the Premier League, you know they're a decent side. Eddie Howe's a good manager. You take that all day, every day. So two-one win, Liverpool going away. 
I like it. I'm gonna have to go three one. I think Bobby has a big game. I, I think he's he's due for a couple. I think he gets a brace. I, I, I think these are the types of games where you know he gets some space and and I think he's gonna do some some good things. So I think it's gonna be a three one win. And hopefully next week when we talk, we will be talking about a win and we can continue on with our good form and. Hopefully Chelsea can lose some points and we can go back up to the top, but you know, not really complaining right now with where we're sitting in the Premier League. So boys, it was great talking to you. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Jeff Cafe Football has been unbelievable. If if anybody hasn't listened yet to it, I would definitely suggest going there. There they did a part one of the Stevie Nickel book. It was excellent. Um part two is early December, Jeff, I believe. Right? That is correct. Yeah, um, thanks, Joey. No, absolutely. I, I mean it's, Great guys, Football Pierce has got some great pods, got some awesome writing coming up, and I would definitely check Cafe Football out. I'll check Stoppage Time out. You know, I know you're a part of that. CJ and Jimmy do a great job on there as well. You can go to footballpurists.com. Uh, Jeff, where can we find Cafe Football and Stoppage Time on Twitter? Uh, Stoppage Time FP, as in Football Purists, and same thing with Cafe Football, Cafe Football FP. And uh, additional shout out. So speaking of stoppage time, Brian Painter made his debut. His cameo. Is there it? we go. Debut. Right. That's right, uh, baby. One of many, it would appear, and came well, out. Oh, because I won. Yeah, the you have the to Liverpool boys back. were on the last one, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just timed with Stevie's retirement. So that seemed to work really well. You can find me, Jeff underscore Hallett, with two L's and two T's on Twitter. Perfect. What about you, Painter? Yeah, um, on Twitter, it's Brian with a Y underscore painter, like a house painter. Um, the only other thing I'm working on right now that will be out uh, probably tomorrow uh, afternoon or uh, maybe first thing Friday morning for our listeners is uh, I'm doing a article on Fenway Sports Group and the last six years of their ownership at Liverpool um, and just the ins and outs of uh, of the Fenway regime. Uh, should be a great piece. I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback on it. So, uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, should be out, uh, tomorrow at the, uh, or Friday at the latest. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like a really, really well written article from when I saw right before I got on the plane today. So definitely going to have, you know, give that a read and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jvishny, V-I-S-H-N-Y. You can find us at talk on FP. Uh, gentlemen, I know we didn't really get to talk too much about Jar this week. A lot of, you know, a lot of talk about him and his next steps and obviously people coming out, you know, when someone like that retires and having the comparison. Uh, that's, that's good because I'm still mourning the loss of uh, one of the greatest of all time. All three of us. I know, yeah, right? So, so um, we, need, we need another week of mourning before we have a, a Gerard special. Right, so ho- hopefully we'll have some more information on Gerard and his next steps, and we can probably go into maybe a little bit about him versus Lampard versus Skulls. Spoiler alert, Gerard is the best. Um, I think we obviously all knew that. Uh, and again, gentlemen, great to talk to you. Until next week, talk on. Talk on. Take care, Joey. Later, talk boys. on, boys.